Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. So you guys like coffee? Well, good, because we partnered up with the best. Blackout Coffee Company is America's best small batch coffee. The true patriotic roasters of freedom nectar that lets you stay on your grind all day, every day. Blackout Coffee Company offers signature blends, single-serving coffee pods, and several types of loose teas. You can order those as needed, or you can join a monthly subscription. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiot.com, look for the Blackout Coffee Company link, and make sure you use promo code Rob. W10. That's R O B W10 for some immediate savings. This was never about money for us. It was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition, another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob, and you are... Brittany. What's happening? Not much. Not much. Hanging out. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you in here. Um, Not that I'm not excited about our new intro that we have. I really hate that I did not get to use authentic music on this one, because, (laughs) man... (laughs) What would you use? I would have used the Grand Tour. Uh, I would have said, uh, step right up. <laughs> Come on in. I had a bunch of heartbreaks. Man. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Brittany, I, Brittany and I have watched, uh, George and Tammy. And I know you've heard us, uh, heard that me and the other guys talk about it repeatedly on other episodes, uh, that we've done. But if you, if you have not watched George and Tammy on Showtime, even if you're not a George Jones and Tammy Wynette fan, it is excellent. I wasn't. It was a little before my time. I think my grandmother liked it, and I heard, you know, you hear the names, but I loved it. Yeah, and it was so sad when it ended. I know. I want more. I was like, no. We should write a letter. There should be more tragedy and <laughs> and alcoholism and drugs and uh, sadness. It's just sad. It was so toxic. Why are we attracted to it? <laughs> I don't know. That's it's good. That's something we should probably ask our therapists. <laughs> so, when we decide to get one. But yeah, so just to give you an, an idea who's in this thing, Michael Shannon, you've probably seen him. Uh, he was in uh, Boardwalk Empire. He was the um, the CIA or the FBI agent trying to frame Nookie Thompson. And he was also Zod on Superman, uh, the Henry Cavill one. Yeah. Calm yourself. Um <laughs> And he's been in a couple other things. He's a very good underrated actor. Like he, he's very good. I think he's excellent. I think he does a really good job. And when I first saw that he was playing George Jones, I was like, I don't really know how that's going to shake out. I mean, I don't know if he can, I don't, I don't know, but it, he really blew me away. He was, yeah. he was really, really good. And he, he could sing. Yeah. I mean, the possum's voice is pretty distinct. Yeah. And he, he, 
he done a pretty good job with it. So everybody that sang sounded pretty good. They did a good job with the cast. Yeah, and if you saw um, the Tammy Faye Baker movie, what I can't remember what the name. Of, I think it was Tammy Faye. I can't remember what the name. It wasn't called Tammy Faye, but it's a Tammy Faye Baker movie that just came out, and Jessica Chastain had played Tammy Faye Baker. And we were big fans of that. Well, we're obsessed with her. Yeah. I mean, man, she's unbelievable. She's she is unbelievable. And in this, in this show, she freaking nails it. Yeah. I couldn't really tell who the main character was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, she totally looked like Tammy Wynette. She yeah. she was amazing. She's really good. If you're a big fan of Walt Goggins, he's in there. It's Peanut. He's a George Jones sidekick. Uh, and we'll talk about him just a little bit too. Uh, and then uh, Steve Zahn, he's been in a, a ton of different movies too. He's a, he's a name you may not recognize, but a face you've seen in a million different movies. He actually was in the movie we just watched, the new movie with uh, Ashton Kutcher and uh, Reese Witherspoon. He was their weird hippie gardener. Yeah. Uh, he was in that. So. Um, but he's been in a ton of movies as well. You know, Kathy Mixon, she was a Kenny Powers girlfriend in Eastbound and Down. She's in it. Um, but... The whole story, like I, you only hear bits and pieces of stories about George Jones and Tammy Wynette, and you, it's like, man, is it was it really like that? And then we watched this this whole series, and uh, like I said, we were disappointed when it ended, and we wanted more, so we decided to do this podcast. And so we dug into both of their lives, and we're gonna give you a little bit of background on George, a little bit of background on Tammy, and then we'll just we'll just kind of chop it up in the middle. So. What what you got on old Virginia over there? <laughs> so Tammy Wynette is not her real name. Her real name is Virginia Wynette Pugh. And um, Epic Records thought it was a good idea to change her name to Tammy, make her a little bit more marketable. So yeah. um, she did that. She is um, a little girl from Mississippi. Um, kind of taught herself from... Just her dad's old instruments. He died at a young age of 25 of a brain tumor. Daddy issues. Well, it wasn't his fault, but um, she was raised by her grandparents, and they just kind of, they left her alone a lot with some of his old things, and um, she learned to play the guitar and the piano, and she had real good vocals. Um, For that genre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I if you could sure. swim, she could sing anything else. She she was young, and because of the daddy issues, I guess, she was married at 17 and kind of had a rough ordeal. Like, she had four children um, to her with her husband at that young age. Um, she worked many jobs, waitressing, being a receptionist, a barmaid, worked at a shoe store, and then she went to beauty school, become a cosmetologist. So she was... She's pretty good at that. That was kind of the job she carried around, even while she made it big. I mean, she she did hair. Sure. So um, this little lady was married five times throughout her life. Um, married to two two big names in Hollywood. She was married to George Jones, as we know, and Burt Reynolds. I didn't know she was married to Burt Reynolds. Yeah, I didn't he was know a that. stud. Yeah, I mean, like she was kind of not, on, but she was a hot thing. The hot thing back then. Yeah, I, I mean, so. she was good. She was good looking. I mean, I think she was. It's debatable. Anyways, <laughs> she's good friends with Dolly Parton. She um, she moved to Nashville to sing. As all country music. As they all do. It. Yeah. Stars want to be. Um, she had 20 number one hits. So she, she went from being a waitress to finally making it. You know what I mean? So she worked hard with four kids. Yeah. She so. was the queen of country music. 
yeah, yeah. eventually she was. Yeah, and she had a she had a crazy life. She um, her biggest hit was in the '60s, and the name of it was "Stand by Your Man." Yeah, and that was during um, the feminist movement in the '60s. So she got a lot. Of she shit. got some. Yeah, she got some heat on that. <laughs> yeah. She did. They were like, "No, girl, we ain't talking about that." But when you married to George Jones, what else are you going to do? <laughs> Stand by. Stand by. Yeah. Unfortunately, the more that you go into her is you'll find out that she stood by all of them when she shouldn't have stood by one of them. Yeah, she was she was a um, she was a woman that definitely thought that staying through toxic things was what you were supposed to do. Maybe it was just how she was raised. Yeah, I don't know. But um, she I mean, she did good. She um, she worked her way up. She um, she sang for people like Jimmy Carter. And Ronald Reagan. So she was a big deal. But um, go ahead with what you have with George. On George, man, George is, George is like so, man, he's, you know, he, he was born September 12th of 1931. He was born in Texas. And he just always, as a kid, he idolized, uh, he just idolized certain musicians and he would stay up and listen on the radio. He'd make sure his mom would keep him awake so he could listen to, uh, I believe it was Roy Acuff and Bill Monroe were his big major influences when he was little. And then Hank Williams was his, I mean, Hank Williams really like sung to him, you know, he sung to him. He, and, and he kind of, he kind of idolized his, I guess his style after those three, um, those three people, Roy Acuff, Bill Monroe and Hank Williams. Um, he, he was actually a Marine. If you didn't know that didn't he know was a that. Marine, he, uh, he joined the Marine Corps. Uh, I believe he, I forgot how long it said he served, uh, I believe from 50 to 53. So he was in the Marine Corps. Um, he had been married three times, uh, four, uh, total. Tammy was his third. Yeah. When they had gotten together, they had that in common. They yes. had two marriages prior. Yeah, so. they did. And, uh, he, he only, his first big hit he recorded was White Lightning. And that was actually written by the Big Bopper. And I don't know if you, you know, the song Chantilly Lace, Pretty oh, Face. Yeah. That's the Big Bopper. So the Big Bopper, uh, Richie Valens and Buddy Holly actually had died in that plane crash. Mm-hmm. And that's what, uh, what was that song? Amer- the Day the Music Died, uh, American Pie. We was coming home a minute ago oh, and it was yeah. playing. I was like, song's so fucking depressing. I don't want to listen to it. So, <laughs> But uh, George was, he had a very distinct sound. And uh, the funny thing was at one time he was kind of struggling with the, he wasn't, he was writing good. He was, he wrote a lot of songs for a lot of people. He was a songwriter. And then some of his songs were making it. Some of them were kind of, you know, hit or miss. And he was a little bit of a, in a lull with his music. And so they tried to get him to do Rockabilly because he wrote a song for Jerry Lee Lewis that was a huge hit. And they were trying to get him involved. I want to find this because I want to go, you know, word for word. What was it? It was, um, it, it, he also, he, he was, he befriended Elvis and he was really good friends with Johnny Cash during this time. And, uh, his, his records wasn't selling too well. And he said that he, uh, when you're poor and you're hungry and you got a house full of kids, you got to do something to make some money. And he said, they talked him into making a rockabilly song. And he said that he didn't want to have his name on it. He said he thought it was a bunch of shit and that he told him to use the name Thumper Jones. Hmm. And that's the only name that he would allow. He wouldn't allow him to put George Jones on it. 
And uh, he wrote a song uh, called, uh, let's see, uh, it was called I Tried Dadgummit. Uh, it, what, what was it? I Tried Dadgummit, It How Come It, whatever that is. And, <laughs> and then uh, Rocket. And again, he said it was a bunch of shit. And he said they used those 45s uh, to uh, to play Frisbee with in the backyard because they didn't sell oh it all. Oh, my God. And then he actually tr- he made a move to try to buy those uh, to buy the rights of those music uh, to that music so nobody would ever hear it again. And uh, unfortunately, he he was not able to buy it, and they did service later on down the road. But Johnny Cash swore that he if he would have went the rockabilly route, he would have been unbelievably famous. I mean, he would he already was famous, yeah. but he didn't have any passion for it. That's sure. not what he wanted. So. Um, George was married a few times, as we had said, uh, he, uh, he had got kind of, he was in a part to where he picked up the name, no show Joe or no show Joe or mm-hmm. George, no show Jones, because he wouldn't show up. He, but he showed up to a venue. He was drunk. Yeah. Most of the time he wouldn't show up. So he had a lot of social anxieties, a lot of social anxieties, um, he did a lot of drugs as far as amphetamines and he drank a ton. I mean, I'm talking, he, he drank unhappy. a ton. And so he was always trying to bury those demons. And it's so odd because if you look at kind of the Hank Williams story, it's kind of, it runs a little parallel at some points how they live their lives. So, um, he would pack places out though. I mean, when people knew he was coming, they wanted him to be drunk. They wanted him to be the possum. That was his nickname. Yeah. They, that's what they wanted to see. They didn't care about George Jones. They wanted to see the possum. Um, he had uh he had been on a a, a it was a, like a music tour it was a tour and he just didn't show up but he would rather go play the rural countryside bars and honky tonks that's what he's that's what his that's where he felt comfortable that's where he was at home and that's where he would go play um and of course i said like his his first his first breakout was 1959 it was white lightning um he had recorded that and then he actually, um, he he wrote a song for Mickey Gilly that was huge. He wrote a song for Johnny Cash that was huge. Um, he wrote uh, there was there were so many there were so many songs. He actually uh, wrote a song for Loretta Lynn. Uh, he he just wrote for everybody. So he he was a great songwriter. And uh, one of the funniest things it was 1962. After one of his biggest careers, the the one of the biggest hits, she thinks I still care. Um, he heard he was he was touring, and he heard uh, Merle Haggard uh, was playing somewhere, and he was crazy about Merle Haggard. Like he just was like Merle Haggard was just coming up. He was crazy about him, and uh, everybody knew that Jones was like a notorious hellraiser by then, and uh, he just jumped. He just left. Um, he. Uh, this is the words of Merle Haggard. He said, I met him at a Blackbird Cafe in Bakersville, California. Um, he said that was the place that everybody went in 61. He was already famous uh, for not showing up or showing up drunk uh, and then just acting like a fool on stage. And uh, he got kicked. Out, you know, he's been kicked out of many doors. Um, but had, uh, Merle Haggard said that he remembered he was playing there and the doors kicked open and George Jones walked in. And he said, who the fuck is that guy up there? You know, this is the first time he had saw Merle Haggard. And uh, Merle Haggard, he he said, he had stated later that Merle Haggard probably had one of the best voices that he ever heard. And that that he literally, uh, Merle Haggard had wrote a song called, uh, 
uh, I threw away the rose, and he was so impressed about it that he had jumped the ship from the tour. He rented a Learjet, went all the way to Amarillo, Texas, and he told Merle Haggard that that song changed my life. Your song changed my life. So he was just he was just a wild, just like he was just so wild and out of control. Um, and then we'll go through the part where his alcoholism and his decline is really, really sad because he, uh, at one point, he was homeless. He was broke. He weighed under a hundred pounds and he lived in his car. He, he couldn't even eat. He couldn't even, his body couldn't even sustain a meal and they had to get him into rehab. I think Johnny Cash and them had helped him into rehab, but, um, he just was, he was a natural disaster on two legs. And I think when he ran into Tammy and Tammy got introduced to him because he, they wanted to bring her on with him. They mm-hmm. want, they wanted them to write together because she was a great, she was yeah. a great writer as well. She could write really good songs and they wanted to get them two together. And when they brought them together, they had no idea that there was going to be this huge love attraction between right. both of them. I mean, it was like a, it's like they were really meant for each, made for each other well, she in a ma- bad way. Yeah, she was married at the time. Yep. And uh, he wasn't having it. You'll watch in uh, you'll watch in the movie or the TV show yeah. where she goes and she was married to Don Chapel. Don Chapel was a songwriter as well. Yes. And uh, they were trying to get Jones to write. They were trying to write for Jones because Jones was bigger than Tammy at the time, and they wanted to write for him. So they invited him to their house for dinner. This was, I was like, this couldn't be real. So they go to the house, and uh, I'm sure Jones is drunk. He's probably liquored up. And they're sitting there with the whole family having dinner. And uh, Don and uh, and Tammy get into an argument, and he calls her a son of a bitch. And George Jones' words was, I had such a rage run through my body that I jumped up out of my chair I grabbed the bottom base of the table and flipped it on top, silverware, <laughs> cups, food and all on top of Don and Tammy, flipped the table on top of him. And uh, he actually threatened to whoop Don's ass. And so he, when he started outside, she followed him outside and he professed his love to her there on the porch. And the couple got, she left with him and then they got married in 1969 after that. And then they began touring. Shoot, if you ain't going to love me like that, don't love me at all. <laughs> well, if you ain't going to eat my ashes when I die. Oh, God. That's sick. <laughs> That's real love. <laughs> Fellas, if your lady won't eat your ashes when you die and you're cremated, you might need to find, move That's on. That's terrible advice. Don't <laughs> listen to anything. <laughs> the cool thing is they started they started touring and writing songs together, and, man, they were on top of the world. Mm-hmm. Like They were like. They were known to me- be the country couple of. Yeah, ever, yeah, of all ever. time. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Country Music is what they were known as. Uh, in 1970, they gave birth to Tamla Georgette. And unfortunately, George was in a straitjacket and committed to a padded cell in Watson Clinic, Lakeland, Florida, after being on a drunken bender. They kept him there for 10 days um, uh, just to try, try to get him back on track. Um, unfortunately, there was other times, too, where Tammy had to, they were supposed to tour. They were touring together, supposed to be in a concert, like in Vegas. There was one in yeah. Vegas. Huge concert. George didn't show up. And Tammy had to go out there and sing it, you know, and, and, and yep. it gave her so much of uh, women could relate to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess men pitied her, fell in love with her <laughs> sorrow. And she straight up, you know, she she 
she carried it, you know, yeah. she carried she started, it while George wasn't. And that's what blew her up and made her so big. making hits. She yeah. actually did like piggyback off of his fame, but her talent, I think, and I may be speaking out a term, but maybe women back then didn't have a voice in music. Men controlled everything they did. And so that was really her only really true shot to, to shine and, and to break away from somebody controlling her. Cause she was, she was under George Jones and, he couldn't control her because he couldn't control himself. So, oh, yeah. Agreed. Um, they actually ended up getting divorced in 1976. Uh, even though in Tammy had stated that George went crazy and had an episode, which you'll see in the TV show as well, he denies ever beating her, putting his hands on her, or shooting at her with a shotgun. But the house and the walls and the holes in the walls <laughs> will tell you a different story. So. That's right. <clears throat> It just was so much going on. Um, I heard that in the divorce that um, he didn't fight it. He gave her everything. Yeah, he was just, he, he wanted just, her. He didn't, yeah, he yeah. was just so in love with her. Yeah. He just couldn't control his sadness. Yeah. So we drank. I, I think he would have done better just songwriting. Me too. Like, you know, there are people he now that handle, can do that. Yep. I think he had anxiety. I think he didn't like to be around people. And, you know, in the 60s, I don't feel like that was a diagnosis like it is now. Right. So I feel like if if he would have just done the songwriting. He probably would have been okay. Yeah. I know you'll look to um, even when the point to where they were divorced, he just wouldn't let it go. Like he was madly in love with her. Yeah. He was trying to do everything he could do to get her to come back. Do you have anything on her medical history or medical issues? Well, I, um, Because that was a huge part of her downfall as well. I, I was going to say she had... Um, let me see, 26 major surgeries throughout her life, like small organs, nodes on her vocal cords, amongst other things, um, that led to a drug problem. Right. Like, she um, obviously had a lot of pain medicine that was involved with treatment and got addicted. Was it Dilaudid that she was taking on a daily basis? Yeah. Like, Large huge doses of Dilaudid, yeah. I don't know if you've ever taken Dilaudid before, but it makes you see things that are not there. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Medically prescribed Dilaudid. That's you, right. Yeah, let's go ahead and clear that up yeah. too. So, um, but she had a she had, well, she never recovered from the pregnancy, right? From right. from uh, Georgette. When she had Georgette, she had some some she, issues with her lady kind of, parts. Well, she was botched. Yeah, you know, you know. I'm sure that medicine back then wasn't as you know sure. Prominent. So she was botched from that whole thing and. Um, one surgery led to the next and the next and the next. And they, they never got it right. Right. She was constantly in pain. Mm -hmm. It, it actually hindered a lot of her performing, you know, there at the end. She missed shows. Yeah. So she tried to commit suicide a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no way a healthy person can live. I mean, can, that, that, yeah. that lifestyle is, is almost unmanageable for a healthy person. Yeah. That's what I should yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why you see a lot of people like, you know, Kurt passed away and, you know, Michael Jackson died. Prince died. Uh, I mean, there's so many different people that just were on top of the world and uh, their body was just gave up on them. So yep. or they gave up on themselves. So. That's right. But, you know, the really the one of the other things in this whole series, too, was was Richie, George Richie. OK, yes. so. Tammy, she she kind of traveled with her little entourage of ladies. They were like her best friends. They always were on the road with her. One of the ladies had a husband named George Ritchie, and he was infatuated with her. 
like he like you you can watch the series and you'll see like he's trying to uh be a knight in shining armor when he's really just a pile of dog shit on the bottom of your shoe kind of guy he's a terrible person and um when she got to the point to where she was having to take those dilated shots all the time and taking all these painkillers he actually took advantage of her yeah. In the in the where she was in a passed out state, incoherent state, and she woke up the next day and he's in the bed with her. Right. And so I I don't I mean I really can't I don't know if I can put all the blame on him because I think you put yourself in situations to where if you don't put yourself in a situation those things don't happen. Yeah. But if she also felt like she didn't have anybody to take care of her, she was lonely, she was strung out on drugs, right. uh, she was exhausted because she was touring all the time, and she just finally gave in to him. Right. And she had an affair with her one of her best friends. Uh, it's her best friend's husband. And they ended up getting a divorce, and the, he, he and Tammy got married. Yes. And if you watch the scene of the wedding... Like oh, it's hard. It's she cringy. is not, and then George is like losing his mind because he's known this guy all these years too. So he's really having a tough time. I wonder how many times he really did go to her house in his car. There's no telling. At night and just sit out there and rev the engine up. Just surprised like, he didn't kill Richie. I am too. Just I was so he was surprised. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a no nonsense kind of guy. But I will tell you, Richie was abusive. Yes. So not only did he take advantage of her, like try to take her money, try to drug her to death, but he was physical. Mm-hmm. So she had to fake a kidnapping to cover up to her fans, yeah. to her family, to her children, um, because he beat her, left bruises, marks all over her face before. He broke her cheekbone. Yeah. Yeah. She her, had, yeah, yeah. She had broken bones in her face. So she had to, she, it was a big ordeal in the news, like. People thought that she was truly kidnapped and beat up. Yeah, um, yeah, by, she, by strangers. Yeah, she had to do like a. Yeah, she had to do home. a whole like TV news, yeah. like you know, print and whatever uh, magazine. Yeah, mm-hmm. just to cover up him beating the shit out of her. So you'll you'll continue to, and we'll kind of get a little bit more on him too as as this thing rolls up wraps up to an end. She got um, she had got very unhealthy. She was, she was, she was a very unhealthy for a very long time. And so George was trying to clean up. He's trying to get his stuff back together. Um, he, like I said, he had got to the point to where, um, he's missing shows. He had lawsuits on from promoters. Um, in 78, he actually owed Tammy Wynette 36,000 in child support. And he claimed to be a million dollars in debt and he had to file bankruptcy. Um, he showed up to court, uh, he actually, I'll go back a little bit. Uh, one of his main, the main people in his band that he was with uh, the whole time, they call him Peanut. It was played by Walt Goggins, and I, I did not write his name down. Um, he left the music industry, and he found the Lord. And so he always was trying to help George, try to like, relate, like try to help him, you know. Come to Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and, of course, I said, you know, Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and some of those guys – we're helping out George financially, trying to help him because he was in dire, like serious dire straits. Well, and if anybody could reach him, Peanut could because they they were the ones that would cause mayhem to yeah, get there they for were, so they, long. They so, was always cause, stirring exactly. up some shit. If the Lord together. can change me, he can change you too. Yeah. That sort of thing. Well, George actually went to his house and he was upset and he was drunk and he shot a gun uh, at Peanut. I don't know if he was trying to hit him or what. who knows. You know, he was just in one of those drunken states. 
and they had arrested him. And of course he's in, he's in court and he's, you know, he owes the child support. He's a million in debt. He files bank uh, bankruptcy and he does this thing and he does it in the movie or the TV show where he starts quacking like a duck yeah. when he gets nervous. Like he starts talking like Donald Duck. I can't do it. If my dad was here, he could kill it, but I can't do it. So, but, uh, he starts talking like Donald Duck and, you know, the judge like just blasts him, gets all over him. But they ended up dropping the charges on him and Peanut and his wife ended up dropping the charges on him. And so they tried to help him. Uh, everybody just, he really did. He really wasn't as lonely as he thought. Right. He had a ton of people around him that always were trying to help him. Now, he had a lot of people around him that tried to get him in trouble all the time, too. But um, he, one of the bigger bigger events in 76, um, he joined in for Willie Nelson's 4th of July picnic in Gonzales, Texas. If you don't know about that, I haven't been. That was one of my bucket list things to do. And I'm probably going to talk about it now. And then Willie Nelson's going to die and it's not going to matter. Just like I didn't go see Nirvana. And just like I didn't go see Johnny Cash, and they died. And Prince. Prince, too. Yeah. I was supposed to go see him, and he died. <clears throat> the the, Will, the Willie Nelson uh, 4th of July family picnic, they have music artists, really big names, huge names all over. It's just this big festival for the weekend. And uh, so George went there and played. And he actually had, you know, there was about 80,000 younger, you know, country rock-oriented fans. They were. It's just a new... Um, it's just a new group of people. And Jones almost pulled out. He just, he couldn't handle it. He was so nervous and he, his, his anxiety got the better of him. And they talked him to go ahead and play him. And uh, they said that when he went out, he just started playing like, and it was unbelievable. And it was like the spirit of country music had laid across the plains. And he said that uh, they were witnessing the Holy ghost <laughs> up there. You know, it, they said it was just like a religious experience. And so that kind of helped him kind of start making arrangements and uh, <clears throat> kind of start getting, getting, trying to get his life back together. Of course, he he had many more ups and downs with alcohol. And uh, he did end up touring with Tammy again yes, because it was a money-making thing. Like they, they were just, you know, they were George I mean, and Tammy. Yeah, even, was, even though they weren't married, they still, it was a business agreement. Yeah. And so George is married with his wife and then Tammy's married to, to George Ritchie. And George Ritchie and Tammy's uh, Tammy's husband, George Ritchie, and then George's wife, they're they're handling all the finances and the tour and things like that. Of course, they left the possum alone alone with Tammy too long, and so they kind of rekindled some some old feelings that they have for each other. I think I don't think they ever stopped loving each right. other until I mean the end. No, like they, they never they stopped loving kinda each other. Like his song says, you know, yeah, he he. He won't stop loving her till he's gone. And uh, there's one part in the show too where uh, Tammy's Tammy's basically laying there about to die. Like she's yeah. she's not good. She's her health is really really bad. Um, overdosing on drugs. She's he's overdosing yeah. her on drugs. He's just shooting her up. Um, and George goes to the hospital and he sits down and he he's like Virginia, get out of that bed. You know he, <laughs> he's like just starts talking to her, and uh, she comes out of it. Yeah. Like she comes out of. I guess she was in some sort of coma like a coma coma. Mm -hmm. and uh she uh she ends up coming out of it so it's it's like it's the saddest most toxic love story (laughs) you'll ever you'll ever hear and read about but um george ended up um tammy tammy actually passed before he did yes and uh she had when was it she had 
Let's see. I don't have her information. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't have where she, she died is. in ninety eight, April sixth okay. of ninety eight. And it was it was just a long, long ordeal ordeal with a, um, with her 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 body just basically giving up on her. Yeah, just too much drugs over the years, and yeah, just had a hard time with it. Yeah, Jones went on. He lived on. Uh, he ended up making another. Uh, he had another album come out in ninety one, uh, and it had his. Uh, I'm sorry, 92. No, it was 91. And he actually, uh, this song, uh, I Don't Need Your Rocking Chair. You remember, remember you ever hear that one? That was there. Uh, and he actually was uh, inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame uh, by Randy Travis in 1992. So he, I, he played in Rome. He played at the Forum. And I'll never forget this. So the gas station on Turner McCall above McDonald's. Now it's um it's a it's a laundromat now I think, but it used to be a gas station. Do you remember? Was, do you remember it? No. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> we're gonna just leave that alone. Um, <laughs> we were there getting gas, and this big bus pulls up in there. Big tour bus pulls up in there. We didn't. We had no idea. We I didn't listen to George Jones, so I didn't even know he was playing in Rome. And the bus pulls up there, and we're pumping gas, and uh, this guy goes. Who you got on that bus in there? The guy, he's coming out. He said, the possum's on that bus. And he's like, the possum? And then I knew who the possum was. Right. And I was like, no shit. And I was like, George Jones is on that bus over there. Did you get starstruck? I did. And I, I told the guy, I was like, are you serious? Are you for real? And he's like, yeah. And then we heard like somebody like thump on the glass on the window. Yeah. And uh, there was there was somebody I and mean, we couldn't see if it was him or That's not. But cool. but somebody, somebody was waving. I was like, man, I was like waving him or whatever. And, and then... Uh, we thought about maybe going and knocking on the bus door. You should have. But I, knowing what I know now, he probably would have pulled us on there and, and had a drink with us. I don't know. So it's crazy. Or shot you. Or shot me, depending guy. on how drunk he was. So. But there was other stories too. George Jones, uh, where he had actually got a DUI on his lawnmower because when they would leave town and he would get on a bender, they would hide all the keys to the cars, everything. And he tells a story to where he's sitting and he's looking out the window and he's riding lawnmowers out there. And he said, the wind's blowing just right and the sun hits the key and the key shines like flashes at him. And he's Mm -hmm. like, it goes five miles an hour. It's going to take me exactly this long to get to the liquor store and back. So he leaves. He's already drunk. He's leaving (laughs) on his lawnmower and he gets pulled over, gets a DUI driving a lawnmower. Another time he drove the lawnmower to the bar, um, and Tammy knew where he was. Sure. She goes to the bar and there's this damn lawnmower in the in the parking lot, you know, and he's in there and he's like, I told y'all she'd be here in a minute to get me. So <laughs> I would put sugar in that tank. You would have. <laughs> yeah. And then there was another story too to where they actually had orange trees, like a small orange grove on their property in Florida. And that he would hide bottles of vodka up in the trees. And he'd go out there and uh, eat oranges and drink vodka to get so drunk. <laughs> he'd just, <laughs> he'd just fall out of the tree. He'd get so drunk. Oh, he'd fall out of a tree. So, yeah. So he was a wild man. He yeah. was, they both were, like yeah, they both they were, were both wild. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Bonnie and Clyde. They were like the musical Bonnie and Clyde, <laughs> but they had so many, they had so many good hits. I think you said that Tammy had what? 20 number ones, it was 20 number one hits. And George had, uh, I think he had 13, 13. Yeah. So she had more number one hits than he did. And they had number one hits together. 
Uh, Golden Ring was one of them. Like, it's so funny when we started watching that series and I started listening uh, to a lot of, uh, I started listening to George Jones a lot. And uh, it's kind of, you know, it, it sucks that that whole thing ended, you know, um, that we, we couldn't have got more uh, out of it. So it was, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Me too. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every bit of it. So would you allow me to drive my lawnmower drunk to the gas station or to the liquor store? <laughs> I don't think so. No. I think I'd throw out a chain or something. So we're not. So what you're saying is I can't. Only if you're sober. Leave here today and leave on my lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. There's another part, too. Um, he had did um, just to kind of give you an idea how unreal um, George Jones was as far as music goes. He had 143 songs make the top 40. That's cool. I mean, 143 songs is unreal. I mean, it's unreal. We were talking about his daughter, Georgette. Yeah. She um, is actually a singer now. I didn't know that. Yep. She's making music. And then actually another one of Tammy Wynette's daughters is as well making music. But I just think it's neat. I had no idea. I'm gonna have kind to try of a to, legacy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not carry it on? I wonder, let me see. I'm going to check one more thing real quick, too. So I know um, Tammy had a ton of hits. Let's see. Uh, let me see how many uh, How many top 40. If George had that many, she had what I was looking at here. She's got a ton. Well, she, she had a hustle because George was hanging out at home. She was working a lot. <laughs> she had to pick up some slack. I cannot find where the. I can't find where she had. I know that how many number ones that she had. Uh, it doesn't say. I don't have that. What stinks? Let's see. Here are the top songs. She had. Was uh, let's see. Boy, I was really prepared. Uh, apartment number nine, number one, uh, and then your good girl's going to be bad. I don't want to play house. Take me to your world. I hadn't heard that one. And then the D I O R V C E. Oh, that's my favorite one. Stand by your man. (laughs) Uh, I mean, she just, it just goes on and on. Unless he's got a shotgun. What is it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't stand by him then. Go hide under the bed. (laughs) Yeah. Under the bed. One of the, one of the other things too, in the movie, in the TV show, about it and i had forgot about this uh it was i guess it was in the 90s uh, there was a song let's see it there was a song that came out in the 90s and i remember this and i even remember the video and i just thought it was odd but i liked it uh it was 1991 the band was called klf i think they were from england or they're a british band uh and they had this song it was uh, the uh, is justified and ancient is the yeah. name of the song, and uh, the words are just weird as hell. But it's like, uh, and then you can hear this like woman with a country voice singing the song. And of course, they say her name's Tammy, and so I never put that together when I was younger. I didn't know, and we were laying there watching it, yeah. and like that song starts playing, and I'm like, I know that, I know that song, and then like I looked it up, and sure enough, they had. And this was actually George Ritchie had signed her up with this group of people to do a cameo in a song. Just another way he worked her to he worked her to death. Yeah. Not only was he drugging her, but he was working her to death. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I think Georgette was none too happy with her performing with this group of people. She was she was upset, like, why do you have her here, you know, doing this? But if you listen to the song, it's uh, KLF is the band, and then Justified and Ancient is the song, and then Tammy sings a cameo in it. Um, one of the really sad parts is right before she passed away, and George actually had threatened uh, – she he had threatened George Ritchie, told him to stop putting that poison in her. He he knew what he was doing and stopped poisoning her. Yeah, and Tammy had all along been writing on a list of things to what she wanted to be done because she knew she was about to pass away. Mm-hmm. So she would wrote this huge list out of things that she wanted done, uh, things that she wanted taken care of. Uh, I guess kind of like a will. She was writing out her will, and when she passed away, Guy Ritchie and Guy Ritchie, he's an he's a movie director not him george ritchie yeah he actually uh the list was never found it all disappeared and he got control of everything everything. of course he did the music the money everything she owned her name her likeness he took it all and he left their their kids with nothing so i would have haunted the hell out of him yeah i i I don't know, man. If I was the kids, I might try to find a way to make him come missing. <laughs> so, <laughs> man, it's crazy. Well, look, that's going to do it for this one. If you have not seen George and Tammy. Go watch it. Yes, yeah, so on Showtime. Good. It's six six episodes. Is that yeah. what it is? It's really sad. It's only six episodes. <laughs> but uh, it's really, really good. It's really, really well done. And again, uh, even if you're not a fan, yeah, you kind of become a fan. Yes, absolutely. So, and uh, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't send y'all out with any originals, but uh, we appreciate you guys supporting us and listening. And we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you. See you later.